Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here today with a wonderful panel of some amazing people, and we're going to talk about bros. Um, it's Oscar chances. We're going to talk some news, and we're also going to go over the best actress race, which is getting purely chaotic in fun and not fun ways. Um, sadly, Nicole. And Kinsey couldn't be here today, but we still have a wonderful panel. Jillian, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, been pretty busy week. I feel like October was where everything gets really crazy, but I've been doing good. Good. Um, Adriano, how are you? Or Zim McGrath, I'm sorry. <sighs> I guess I brought that one upon myself. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing fine. Just you know, things about to pick up big time and, uh, you know, just, you know, calm before the storm, right? Pretty much. Lexi, how are you? No, not you. Okay. Um, I'm pretty good. I kind of, I guess, echoing off what everyone else is saying, the last quarter of the year always tends to be really hectic and it's already in full swing. So that's fun. But all things considered, you know, I've watched Twilight New Moon four times this week. So I count that as a good week in my book. Exactly. And uh, she was on the show last week, but we wanted to announce her as a regular, um, whether it be on the show, on the website, um, just a week to week contributor with us. She just made such a good impression. Anna, how are you doing? Well, shucks, I'm doing great today. It's fall. Um, the year is getting very hectic, but you can start your day with a pumpkin spice something. So like, yes, you know, makes it wonderful. I'm so excited to be a regular contribu contributor. Um, I literally cannot wait. Um, I, it, through like high school and college, I watched Intercut podcast a lot and they had like, this amazing group dynamic and I was always jealous and I always like wanted to be a part of something like that with some awesome people and so now it's like ah, this dreams come true this is great thanks guys amazing well we're really happy I know Kinsey and I were very happy that you agreed to sticking around that we didn't chase you off with blonde being your first episode um but yeah I think this is going to be a very interesting show um I guess we can start with you did you see, what did you see this week, um, TV or movie, and did any of it, do you think, had any Oscar potential or anything like that? Um, I saw, I did some movie hopping, and I saw Don't Worry Darling, finally, in theaters, um, which was a very fun time. Like, at the end of the day, like, it, it was entertaining. I was entertained, so it did its job. Um and then I went and hopped across to Barbarian and uh, I, what a <laughs> tonal shift that was. Yeah. I went in very blind. I didn't know what to expect. And it was so fun and so messed up. And I want to see it again. But I was alone in the theater, like completely alone. And um, a horror movie actually hasn't had me like covering like partially my eyes in a very long time and it it made me do that so that was that was groovy um and then I watched both Blade Runners with some wine the other night um amazing 
it was just the vibe but yeah um i don't you know the academy hates everything horror so sorry barbarian um i still don't know about don't worry darling that is a gorgeous film though i will say like production design and cinematography that is a stunning film um i don't think harry's gonna get his egot anytime soon but you know what he's not as bad as people say um yeah no i agree about barbarian actually it's funny you said that that you were in there alone watching horror movie there was one time working at the theater it was one of the more insane experiences someone saw venom 2 during the middle of the day and they said that it was so scary that they (laughs) that they didn't want to be in the theater by themselves so they wanted a refund so they could come back another time so uh, that just reminded me of that but jillian what have you seen this week i know you've been seeing a lot of really good stuff that you've loved tell Mm -hmm. us about it um so yeah I saw Don't Worry Darling which was a fun time I was shushed in the theater for laughing too much but it's okay um I do think the song was really good um Mm -hmm. you know if best original song needs other things to add um I saw the Banshees of Inishirin which I knew I was gonna like because I actually really like um three billboards I saw that in the theaters three times I don't know why or what I was doing in what was that 2017 I don't know why I saw that three times Uh, but I've seen like in Bruges I've seen like um and seven psychopaths I've seen all of Martin McDonough's work so I was already a big fan um and like so I I don't know what I was going in with like I knew it wasn't going to be bad or anything but I was just like completely like floored as I was watching it and like Mm -hmm. the audience like everyone was laughing the entire time um and like some of the most gorgeous like shots because I feel like it's one that hasn't been talked about with like cinematography wise and it was just like these landscapes I'm like when am I going to Ireland um the acting was good the score was good like everything about it like the, the donkey Jenny Jenny for best supporting actress um Barry love him and it was like a really fun time and just it was very existential and also funny and just like traditional, like Martin McDonough. So I really loved that one. Um, and then I saw bros yesterday and that one, like, I, I feel like I haven't laughed in the theater, like in such a long time at like an actual comedy. Cause I feel like last times I've laughed or like at movies that were like not traditional comedies, just at mm-hmm. moments when I'm like, this isn't working, but it was so funny. Like, Billy Eichner was good. Luke McFarland. Well, hold hold that. that for it was uh, for the oh, discussion. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was a fun time. Um, it was. I feel like it's a good Sunday movie or a Saturday movie. Um, Tell everyone what you watched yeah. right before you went to go see Bros, though. Oh, and then I <laughs> I pre-gamed it because Call Me by Your Name is on Netflix now, um, which the news. I feel like it was. It used to be on Netflix. Then I feel like they took it off. And I was like, oh my gosh, because I love that. That's one that weirdly can watch like multiple times in a row. Um, so I watched that before and then I'm finishing it today. But I, I forgot how good that movie was. And then, you know, just a lot of good, got a lot of good films this week. Mm-hmm. Adriana, what about you? Um, I saw a couple of things. Um, like Anna, I saw Barbarian, which was just nuts i was i just loved everything about it it was just like every like the first like 20 minutes after like 
I, I want to say 20, might have been more than 20 minutes, but like the opening act, after that, everything was just whatever I guess was happening. I was just dead wrong. <laughs> like, it, was, it really it is was, like the spiritual sequel to Malignant. I haven't seen Malignant, but now I want oh, it. <laughs> no, yeah. If you think if you think that's insane, I truly think Malignants might be like, it's not as like, it's not as crazy insane, but it's more like I never in a million years would have thought this was going to happen. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to check that one out then. Uh, yeah, no, it should get all the Oscar nominations, all of them, but you know, it probably won't. Um, this is probably the wrong podcast for Kenzie to not be on because I started Mad Men this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm seven episodes in, and now Mad Men's off of Amazon, so I guess I gotta boot up the AMC account. Um, but so far, I'm really liking it. Um, and I also saw Bros for the second time, but I'll I'll save that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lexi, what have you been seeing recently? Um, so in terms of new movies, admittedly, um. I'm experiencing a Twilight Renaissance right now. And so I bought the Twilight Bundle on Amazon. $35 for, uh, no, $30 for five movies. That's $6 a movie, I think. Math is hard. Um, nope, $7 a movie. But been having those on rotation. So when I was not watching that or Sweeney Todd, um, I, I actually saw a couple things in theaters recently. I saw um, Don't Worry, Darling. I wrote a review for it. Um, yeah, which is a very excellent review you can find on oscarcentral.com. Thank you very much. Um, and I'll spare my g- detailed thoughts because you can read them. Uh, but I mean, I thought it was fine. I didn't feel particularly too strongly any which way. I did think the cinematography and production design was just stunning. Um, but that's kind of the best thing it's got going for it. Um, I saw Pearl which I had just seen um, X. And so um, I was a little hesitant because I like horror movies, but I can't really do them in theaters because I'm terrified of the dark. So I like to watch them in like daylight. But I was brave and I went and I really, really liked Pearl a lot. Um, And then I saw The Woman King recently, really liked that. I love Viola Davis. and I meant to see Bros today, but then Sunday got ahead of me and I did not. But that is on my list because I really do want to see it. Perfect. Um, yeah, recently I saw Barbarian, which, again, absolutely insane. Um, I have to say, I, I'm sorry for Bill Skarsgård for thinking he was going to be a villain again. Sorry to spoil it, but best red herring of any movie I've seen. No. Second best red herring of any movie I've seen. The first one I can't mention, but um, absolutely incredible. Don't worry, darling. Harry's not that bad, guys. <laughs> like, I don't know. I went into it like expecting... He's not great either. <laughs> yeah, but he's not bad. He at least has like charisma. And like, he at least like... I've seen much worse performances this year. And if anything, he outperformed everyone in the sun. So... <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Low no, bar. it's it's a it's a dumb sci-fi movie, whatever. Um, and then I also the Nashville Film Festival started, so I saw the documentary "The Return of Tanya Tucker," um, featuring Brandy Carlisle, which I actually was very surprised 
I liked it as much as I did. Um, it's very honest. And Tanya Tucker is like the most insane person I've ever met in my entire life in like the best way. Uh, at the Q&A after, um, which I got a video of this and it's so funny. We were there for 35 minutes and the moderator asked two questions. And for the rest of it, she was just rambling. At one point she said, what did you think of the score? And she was like, I don't think the score that I'm going to give it's the same score that you're going to give it. And just did not understand that it was the music. Um, and then started talking about how she wants to go visit Africa and like donate to the to the needy and a whole bunch of stuff. It was, it. she's an insane person, but I loved it so much. Um, and I actually really liked the movie. And again, there's another, she told us in the Q&A that there's an original song at the very end that she wanted to title her next album. And she talked for 10 minutes about how she hates the title of her next album, but she couldn't name it the song because she wanted to be Oscar eligible. So to tie it back in with the Oscars a little bit, but that was a good one. If you like documentaries, if you like classic country music, um, search that one out as well. Um, moving on to news. Uh, first up, I think one of the more surprising things of the week, um, because I think everyone assumed that someone else was gonna be attached but Robert Eggers Nosferatu casted Bill Skarsgård as the titular role, um, but also casted Lily Rose Depp, which I think I know I was, but I think everyone else was under the assumption that it was going to be Anya Taylor-Joy. I know Adriano's probably upset about that one. What are your thoughts? I'm pretty upset about that one. Um, uh, I mean, look, I'm 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 down for anything Robert Eggers does. He like he's made three pitch perfect movies, so I'm like, whatever he does, I'm in. It's like, all right, I haven't seen Lily Rose Depp in anything. I don't has she been in anything besides like that that um that that weekend show that's coming out? <laughs> like she was in The King. I didn't see that. Uh, she was so, in Tusk. Yeah. I these are all okay. So again, I haven't seen anything with her in it. She's um, the only person in the movie that could do it a French accent. <laughs> look I, again, it's a Robert Eggers movie. I'm in. Like, give it to me. I'm probably gonna love it. But I was uh, really hoping I could see my girl Anya in it. But you know what? I'll I'll I was, just take a Robert Eggers movie. I won't be selfish. I was hoping that it was gonna be the uh robert pattinson anya they tie together with his movies but um anyone else have any thoughts about the nosferatu casting i mean my girl anya is so good at horror mm -hmm. you know thrillers so i was very excited when twitter was definitely under the in, the entirety of twitter was under the assumption that um she was going to be casting it um and there were a lot of disappointed tweets when this new casting was announced but at the same time like zen said oh i mean yeah uh i gotta change my name <laughs> it's it's an eggers movie um he hasn't let us down once so i don't think i think it's gonna be great regardless um and hopefully he can get really good performances out of his actors which i believe he can and I'll put his, my trust in him. Yeah. Um, moving on, Smile 
uh, after the insane marketing that they had actually picked up 36 million at the global box office, um, which I think is really good for uh, independent original horror. I know that Black Phone earlier this year did very well. Um, is there any thoughts on Smile and its box office haul or anything like that? I just saw the wild, wild marketing that they, I don't even know what sports event it was at, but I just saw it was a baseball game, a baseball game that mm -hmm. was wild and terrifying. The marketing they mean, had with like, do they do that the entire game? That's what I'm kind of so. wondering. <laughs> did they, maybe, did they they, just, maybe they just, maybe they just uh, passed off. Are they just Mia Gothing or, or the entire game? Or like, <laughs> I feel like that's got to hurt. That's got it, but that's wild. What a what a genius move! Um, it is. I have not seen it yet, but now I am very interested, and I'm like, well, now I have to because look at the work that they put into the marketing. Um, They've literally like that trailer has been in the theater since like April, and every time it comes on, I like have to shield my eyes. But then, like, I it worked. Like, every it made a lot of money and. Paramount's been having a really good year and I think it just like re like ignites the need for like original horror but like when is horror ever gonna do bad for like money wise with mm -hmm. film um but I don't know I read the plot because I like to read what happens in movies and like it seems like an interesting story yeah um I know Kinsey saw it I don't know if she liked it or not but she did say it was scary, so uh, so there is that. Um, moving through news, just a couple more things. Something that I didn't know was happening until I looked it up today. Uh, Tarzan is has its rights acquired by Sony for a new movie that they said is going to be um, a total reinvention of the classic character. Uh, Lex, anything about Tarzan? Hello. Um, I think that's great. Um, good for Sony. Um, I love Tarzan. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what they do with it. It's been a long time since we've had anything Tarzan related. Um, but moving on quickly, because I really want to get to this next thing, the uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes first look came out and was announced for a 2024 release, um, which in my opinion, the Planet of the Apes trilogy of the 2010s is like probably one of the best trilogies maybe of all time, at least of the past 20, 30 years. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what they exactly do with this film and where they go with the story. Cause I know, you know, you've seen it it ends with caesar's death and everything like that and it ended on a pretty solidified ending so i hope that they don't overstay their welcome um but i am interested to see what comes from the next and then the news that got everyone in a frenzy and i know it got everyone here in a frenzy is after the six seasons we finally are getting the movie <laughs> matriana almost fell over 
the community movie has been confirmed. Um, I don't know if it's titled in a movie. I hope it is. Uh, but it is coming to Peacock um, sometime next year. I know everyone, I think everyone except the last time I saw, which if this changed, uh, let me know. Everyone except Yvette Nicole Brown and Donald Glover have been confirmed. Um, and Chevy Chase, but we don't have to mention that one. Um, Yvette Nicole Brown hasn't been confirmed? No, she wasn't initially confirmed. I think they were in talks to get her um, to get her into it, but not initially. I know she was oh, right. super supportive of it. Um, She's my but the last thing I saw, I think Discussing Film tweeted it, that she wasn't confirmed just yet. Um, but I'll start with Adriano. Thought I love not Zimograph, sorry. Um, any thoughts on the community movie and finally getting it? Yeah, lots. Um, I'm so I'm so excited to see it. A community is one of my favorite shows of all time. Like it, probably my number one favorite sitcom ever. Um, it's and uh, I've been waiting so many years for a movie to finally happen. And honestly, like. Look, I'm I'm not expecting Chevy to come back for for myriad of reasons, but like I I really I have to imagine that Glover and Yvette Nicole Brown are coming back for. Uh, Look, movie. I've been and, saying I've been saying it for years. It needs to be a movie to go rescue Troy. So I'm like not opposed to it. just give me some Troy and Abed stuff, mm -hmm. and like I'll be satisfied because I want to see that relationship again. Yep. Um, I just I'm so excited to see that cast together playing this, you know, these awesome characters that I like just love to pieces and are just so much like some of the best written characters in TV, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so excited. I just can't wait to see what Dan Harmon made. I I just I, I've been I, I've been over the moon this whole week about this about this news. Like I can't remember the last time movie news got me this amped, if I'm being honest. I, I love that it is a movie too because I know we see a lot of um, a lot of the reunions where they get the cast back together and I know they did that yeah. over COVID with the Zoom thing, but it's it's nice to actually see them be the characters again and yeah. get back into those. Um, I'm yeah I'm very excited, Jillian. I know you're excited as well. I'm very excited. Well, definitely one of my favorite shows. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was the same thing where I just got really excited, like, when I saw the news. Um, and I also think it's just, like, funny that it's, like, Peacock is doing it because, obviously, the history between NBC, Sony, and the creators of the show has been very tumultuous. And then seeing them, just, like, be, like, realize that people will actually watch the show over the past few years and like on Netflix, it kind of got a resurgence. I just thought that was comedic um, that mm -hmm. they're like, welcome back. We want to support you. And I'm just very excited to see what they come up with and just to see like the characters come back. Cause I don't know, like I'm kind of iffy on reunions for TV shows. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're very hit or miss, but I feel like this one will definitely be good and I feel like the writers like they know how to like evolve the characters compared to like a lot of these other shows that just got back together so I'm very excited I'm very excited can't wait for it and I have a feeling like that everyone will probably come back because they all seem pretty like excited during um their little zoom reunion mm -hmm. 
table read, but yeah. It's all, I, all, all I ask is that they actually cast Pedro Pascal in it and they don't bring back. Please, um, please, 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 please cast Pedro Pascal. Thank you. They don't bring back uh, the Russo brothers. They have moved on to bigger and better things. Well, bigger things, maybe not better. Um, I hope they bring anyone... back like, all the supporting characters yeah. too, because they're also iconic. Um, does anyone else have anything to say about the community movie before we move on to bros? All right. Um, so let's get into bros. Uh, we can start with some initial thoughts and I will start with, uh, probably Adriano who did have this as his number one movie coming out of TIFF. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of bros? Uh, initial thoughts where I was just in love with it. Like, I loved it so much. This is like the kind of studio comedy that I'm really into. Like, studio rom com, too. Like, just so sweet and uh, just funny as hell. And it delivered on everything that I hoped for with a very, like, everybody in, that, in this cast was so funny. And Eichner and Luke McFarlane had, like, just incredible chemistry with each other. And it was, it's easily the funniest movie I, I've seen in years. And keep in mind, the first time I saw it, I saw Weird Al like hours before. Um, uh, yeah, no, I was I was super in love with this movie. And then the second time I saw it, I, it was like pretty much one of those things. Like, yeah, I love this exactly as much. I laughed intentionally. I, I, I laughed the exact same amount, if not more, the second time. Because mm -hmm. I was able to catch more uh, punchlines that I missed the first time I saw it because everyone was laughing so hard. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would just, I just love this movie so much. I will probably watch it a third time so I can support this movie because I want more movies like this to be made. Yeah, which it needs, it needs more support right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see, Jillian, I know you recently saw it. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Like um, after our, our last podcast episode about TIFF and hearing everyone talk about it I was very intrigued to go see um and I love the director because he did Forgetting Sarah Marshall and that's like one mm -hmm. of my favorite com that's probably is my favorite comedy so I was like okay this is gonna be a fun time and it made me realize how much I miss like rom-coms like studio mm -hmm. rom-coms in that manner not like streaming rom-coms and I just thought Billy Eichner because I haven't really seen him in anything outside of Billy on the Street, so it was really cool to see him like in his own movie. And like I think Jed Apatow as a producer does a really good job with like these kind of heightened versions of his stars and like kind of semi autobiographical comedies. Um, like I really like Trainwreck when that came out, and so I feel like this just stays on that pathway, which I'm like we need more. Um, it was the the sex scenes were really funny like I think that's when everyone in our theater was like dying laughing just like I don't know just like the comedic timing the cast like everything about it and it just felt so like wholesome and I think it's like one of the few films this year where I like like I like so many films this year but it's like would I go watch them again and that's when I I honestly would go watch it multiple times um and yeah it was just a really like cute funny movie and we need more of them no I absolutely agree yeah I I feel the same way um I knew going into it that I would like it I feel like I'm with Adriano where I didn't feel like I would like it or I didn't know I would like it as much as I 
ended up loving it. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's just these studio sweet, like heartfelt rom-coms. I mean, even some of my favorite rom-coms of the past five, six years um, have had such a level of drama to them, which Bros does have, but it leans way more into the comedy side almost and which you know we'll talk about this later um almost like you know the bridesmaids um side of things um but yeah i thought the jokes were so funny there's still things that i just cannot get out of my head uh about what was going on um which i can i guess i can transition into um some of the good regarding this movie, uh, which I guess the biggest good that I know is Billy Eichner um, and his involvement with it and how he really brings what I felt was a level of honesty to it. He remained himself, but like in a way that was, he remained him like himself, his Billy on the street, everything, but he did it in a way that was really it was really digestible, I feel, almost for anyone. Um, he kept that sort of intensity um, and honesty. And that's, I think, one of the reasons I loved it so much is because he he didn't try to do any pandering. He didn't try to, um, he didn't try to tone it down in any ways. He really just went for everything. Um, and I think his involvement... It's nothing. It's something I would have never expected from him as a creative, but it makes a lot of sense that this is what we got from it. Um, Jillian, what are some of the the good that you saw from the movie? Um, I think like the relationship and the chemistry between Billy and Luke was just very like it works so well. I thought they were very just. I don't know. They played off each other. Um like the chemistry and so and I knew he was like a Hallmark actor and I also love like how they kept making fun of Hallmark yes. with Hallmark <laughs> and then when I put it together that he's from Hallmark I was like oh this is hilarious um I also think it like these movies always have really good supporting casts too mm-hmm. because they're not like these major characters they just like know how to fill the role that they're in um, and I agree. I think it would, he just gave a very honest portrayal of himself and just was very like self-aware and not overtly like self-deprecating because I feel like that's always something people like default to in movies kind of about themselves. Um, I don't know. Like it was just such a good like. And the and the script, I thought, was also like it just felt so like genuine to himself and like what he wanted to bring to the screen. Like it didn't feel like someone was like oh this is how we think that you should be um and I think it just gave me a new like I don't know appreciation for his work because again I've only mm-hmm. had seen him on like Billy on the street um but I yeah I think those were like really good parts of it and I did feel original which is always good yeah and Adriana what are some of the the positives that you remember from the movie um, nothing that Jillian hasn't said, honestly. It was like, it just, it, the script was so sharp and like, so, just so quick. And every, like, like a high JPM, like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, everybody worked off each other so well, especially Luke and Billy. 
Um, I also, like, and I also do think I love how they like acknowledge like his, the history and of the LGBTQ community, like in like most subtle and overt ways. And I don't, I mean neither of I mean I mean neither in a negative way. Um, you know, I thought that was really, and also like it is kind of like saying, hey, there's no reason not to teach your teach children at a young age about this history so that they can accept themselves early mm-hmm. on. I'm like, that, that's a good message. Um, uh, yeah, no, just everything about this movie, I just kind of loved. I, if you're going to say cause, just skip me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And that's one of the things that I really loved about it. And one of the reasons that I hope it, which it's not, and I think it deserves to have a bigger audience. Um, but one of the, the biggest things I loved about it was that, talk about how we need to talk about this history like i'm i'm sorry if you can teach a first and second grade class about genocide you can teach them about gay history like just plain and simple and i think it's something that there still is especially where i live in the south um a lot of pushback against um a movie like this and this kind of thought which is really you know disheartening especially when something is this good and is this groundbreaking. Um, I think it really deserves to have that kind of level of recognition. And I hope, I hope, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. um, I do hope that when the time comes, it does get that level of recognition because I do think um, like you said, the JPMs, like the, the, there's, it does so well with comedy in the fact of like, there's so many subtle lines and jokes and everything that you come back to it later and you can find more things to pick up on i i need to see it again i haven't um but i probably will go see it again this week i think it's it's a as rewatchable as any rom-com can be um i just think it's absolutely brilliant um but and i'm gonna have to do this to you and i'm doing it to you first the cons or the negatives um what were some of the the negatives about the film, Adriano? Pass. <laughs> Pass. I don't know. Kind of. I, I don't want to say it's flawless. I'm sure there's something, but like nothing comes to mind. <laughs> Jillian, do you have anything? Um, that's a good question. I feel like there's like probably something. Yeah, like, it's hard for me to probably be like, oh, with like ten out of ten, but like I don't know. Why like, not? Honestly, maybe with like pacing, um, I do feel like there was like moments that did drag on, and there was moments that were like a bit faster uh, within the relationship, and also like balancing like the whole museum storyline. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's like something you like overtly notice. Um, but I don't know. But like going back on like some with like the jokes, like it definitely felt like. 30 rock like an episode of 30 rock because mm-hmm. like they've done like something like Hall heart um but i think it was just overall like a good time i mean there's probably like things that people are noticing about it but i feel like it's not something you notice like first watch yeah but yeah no, no complaints. but i i agree i think um i definitely think there are i think uh, one of the things in my first watch that I remembered uh, was Billy's reasoning for being upset 
at Luke and the kind of, not his reasoning, but the kind of, without trying to do spoilers, um, the running bit of why he didn't think he was good enough for Luke, I felt has been done quite a bit, especially in rom-coms. Nothing that I hated. It just was something that like, I definitely have seen before. Um, but yeah, I don't have many bad. I just think it's an absolutely fun, enjoyable, uh, special little movie. Um, and to bring Alexis or Lexi, sorry, it's not my fault. It's Cardinal Sin. Cardinal Sin. Let me fix this. Um, but to bring Lexi and Anna back in, um, what are some of the Oscar chances that you guys feel that this movie seems trajectory wise um, it could get? And then I guess I can ask Jillian and not Zim McGrath to see what they think it could get as well. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to predict without seeing it. I really do want to see it. Um, I plan to this week. I guess just kind of looking off um, what I know about it, I could potentially see an original screenplay. Um, it's not the first, it wouldn't be the first time that a um, rom-com got an original screenplay. I could see that, especially with this one having like a bit of like a newer updated twist on the rom-com um but on that same token i think traditional rom-coms tend not to fare super well at the oscars so again hard to tell without actually seeing it but that's the only one that i could potentially see knowing what i know about it anna anything else to add yeah i would have to second that that's the only thing that came to mind um because I've heard people talk about it enough. I mean, it hasn't been spoiled for me or anything, but um, I've only heard good about it, about the performances, about the story, um, about the laughs that it's getting in like every audience. And so without seeing it yet, which I also plan to do in the next week, hopefully, um, original screenplay is the only one that stands out for me. I haven't seen the performances yet or anything. And with the Academy's history with like, you know, the types of films they like to celebrate. I don't know if uh, it stands a great chance, but um, that would be sweet, especially seeing as what's happening with the box, the box office and everything. It does deserve a bit more than it's getting. Um, I guess to add on to the screenplay, I have been listening to the original song all day now, which I know we've had a lot of songs that I guess could be Original song contenders conveniently dropped on the same day. The new LCD sound system song came out and uh, to Adriano's love, the Lyle Lyle Crocodile song um, came out recently. Um, but yeah, I, I've been listening to that song. I think it is gorgeous. I think it is so, it's so funny and it's so representative, representative of the film and I think it does one thing that a lot of original songs that get Oscars don't do which is is actually in the movie um Jillian what about you what about the Oscar chances and anything uh on that end 
or what do you think it should be um, up for? I think probably just original screenplay. Um, I feel like every few years we get like a, like, I don't know, like a direct comedy. Like you have like the big sick, you have like bridesmaids, like, like those type of movies that slip in. So I feel like this one has that potential and it seems like universal like really is putting a lot behind it um even with like marketing like though the numbers didn't come out to probably what they expected I feel like they were really pushing it really hard um so I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking for an original screenplay nomination um because I feel like that's where it's like the strongest at of things that could like end up within the conversation this year. So yeah, probably just that. And Adriano, anything you want to add to this conversation? Um, I mean, in terms of Oscars, I think you guys said it all. But uh, outside of the Oscars, I do think uh, Globes. I mean, before this weekend, I was I had really high hopes for at the Globes. And I still think mm-hmm. it has a shot at like comedy picture and also comedy actor for Eichner. And also... Mm-hmm. Again, before this weekend, I had I, I I was a little bit more confident, but I'm not as confident anymore. But uh, I do think SAG Ensemble is on the cards because you do have that historical mm-hmm. factor going in with this ensemble Plus, here. And you have a lot of like you've got a lot of really well known um, actors and actresses like yeah. in the movie, and they're yeah. all very good as well. Yeah, they all do. They all like have like a moment to be comedically like you know funny you know mm-hmm. but again um, those those numbers aren't eliciting the most confidence is there i want to ask you is there any path that you can see billy eichner picking up a best actor nomination with how weak the uh, i mean he he has the scenes and he is funny so you know if he gets the Globe nom, maybe I, upsets Colin Farrell at the Globes. I I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. I feel like Billy Eichner is too much of like a comics comic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's not like someone like Zac Efron, who's like already a traditional actor. This is Eichner's first like starring role. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's take. I people definitely respect and like him, but I, I think he's too much of like a comic to like actually land an actor nom and especially with these numbers that's rolling in i don't really see that much of a path outside of screenplay for the oscars so i would not i would not put bets on that yeah well i just i hope i hope for the best um Mm -hmm. but yeah i definitely think screenplay and hopefully song would be two Mm -hmm. places that uh this film can land because both of those aspects of it are very good. And the song, if you've not heard it, you can go listen to it. It is such, it's so funny. It's such a good song. Um, absolutely. Uh, and I wanted to kind of go, before we get into Best Actress, um, go around the room and just ask everyone what their favorite rom-coms are. So we can start with Lexi. Um. I think my all-time favorite might be Moonstruck. 
Um, I love, love, love Cher. I love Nicolas Cage in that movie. I also really like um, Splash, You've Got Mail, and As Good As It Gets. I'd say those are my top four. Mm-hmm. Adriano, I know you're the rom-com man. So what are you, what are some of your favorites? Um, I absolutely, my favorite of all time is 500 Days of Summer. Um, probably one of the most like realistic rom-coms I've ever seen. It's just mm-hmm. so funny and so smart that I'm like, it's such an awesome watch in my opinion. Um, I love the, I, I mean, I love a lot of the classes. I love uh, something about Mary. I love, I, I adore Judd Apatow's rom-coms, which is why, part of the reason why I love Bro so much. I love Knocked Up. I love the 40-year-old version. Like, I'm a huge fan of that stuff. Um, the Harry Met Sally rules. I I know I said a lot, but I, yeah, I like rom coms. <laughs> uh, Jillian, what about you? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I like those like Nancy Myers ones. Like something's got to give with uh Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I'm gonna count it as a rom com. It is a rom com. It's my number. It's my favorite. Yeah, so um, I'm counting that. It absolutely, is a rom com. Ray and Rag. I felt like is I don't like Amy Schumer, but for some reason that movie just works so well with Bill Hader. Did you say Trainwreck? Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Trainwreck. I love Bill Hader. So good. And yep. then I tried to watch the classics, but I just like couldn't get into it. But I always love. Um. Oh my gosh, what's the one with Julia Pretty Woman and my best friend's wedding. I like those a lot. Awesome. And Anna? I'm admittedly not a huge rom-com person. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I'm like, oh, like, I want to, like, you know, spend an afternoon with myself and, like, watch a good film. And I'll put on, like, Mass or something. And it's like, what? Sometimes, what is wrong with me? Um, 50 First Dates is fun. That's a classic. Eternal Sunshine, of course. Um, does Francis Ha count? Of course it counts. Yes, okay, it can. Good. We can count it. I, I, um, I really pulled up a list on Letterboxd because I was like, I don't know. I don't know many rom-coms. I'll, I'll stick with those three. <laughs> um, I guess some of my favorites are Eternal Sunshine, of course. Um, Punch Drunk Love which is probably my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, which tells you all you need to know about what I think about Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, and I have to say it because it is a rom-com, Wally, which got its 4K criterion. And I bought it the second I saw it dropped. Um, but Wally is absolutely a rom-com. You have to respect it as one. Um, and yeah, that's probably my top three. Uh, getting into the best actress race, which is completely insane um, at the moment. I guess I can go around and ask everyone their top five. Um, and then we can start talking about some of the different changes. So I'll start with Adriano. What's your current top five for best actress? Um, do I just say the five or do I say one and then the reasoning and then the, the, do I do it like that? Uh, you can just say the five for now. 
Okay, so number five, I still got Olivia Coleman for Empire of Lights. Four, I got Naomi Aki. I want to dance with somebody. Uh, three, Kate Blanchett, Tar. Two, Michelle Yeo, uh, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. And then number one, I have uh, Margot Robbie for Babylon. Okay, interesting. That actually is really interesting. Um, Lex, what about you? You're like scared to say my name now. That's a like. Um, yeah. Um, where'd my list go? Okay. So top five. Um, number five, I have Margot Robbie for Babylon. Number four, um, I have as I'm reading this out loud, there's some slight switcheroos that I think I would make, but I'm not necessarily upset with my top five. Um, five, I have Margot Robbie for Babylon. Number four, I have Kate Blanchett for Tar. Number three, Viola Davis for The Woman King. Number two, Naomi Aki for I Want to Dance with Somebody. And then um, number one, I have Olivia Coleman, Empire of Light. Should she be number one? I don't know, but I just want to see it happen so bad that I'm going to leave her there. All right, Jillian, what about you? Um, at number five, I have Ting. Is it Ting Y? for decision ting way for decision mm-hmm. to leave uh, number four i have margot robbie babylon number three i have danielle deadweiler for till number two i have michelle yao for everything everywhere all at once and for number one i have kate blanchett for tar okay i'm actually i'm gonna go next because i actually do have tang way for decision to leave as my five uh margot robbie is my four for babylon michelle yo Three for everything, everyone all at once. Danielle Deadweiler, two for Till, and my number one is Kate Blanchett for Tar. And Anna, what about you? Very interesting takes, everybody. I have Margot Robbie for Babylon as five. Then I have our girl Michelle Williams four for Fablemans. Okay. Um, I have Danielle Deadweiler at three for Till. Then I have Kate Blanchett for Tar at two, and then it's wishful thinking, but I have Michelle Yeoh at one for everything everywhere. So the reason, one of the big reasons I wanted to talk about um, Best Actress, and we can start with you, is that Michelle Williams, of course, recently got switched from winning Supporting Actress into uh, Best Actress, just overall Best Lead Actress. so no one else had her in her top five. So why do you still have her in your top five? I think that the Fablemans is just the perfect film for the Academy. It's like a movie about movies and loving movies and stuff. And I loved the Fablemans. I honestly did. And it like moved me and I, I it did what it was supposed to do to me. Um, but I just think that, um, you know, out of Tar, out of everything, everywhere, Babylon, I, I think that the Academy is going to just eat this up. All those old men are going to be like, yeah, they're going to love this origin story of Spielberg. And um, I think that it's going to obviously get a Best Picture nom, and I think it's going to get a bunch of other noms, too. I think it's going to get Best Actress, um, Cinematography. I mean, who knows? But I really do think that Michelle still has a shot. I think that they screwed up her chances of winning at all 
with this switcheroo. I think that was horrible. We all know it. We're all thinking it. Um, so I still have her in there. Um, I still think that she could get a nomination. I don't believe that she's winning at all, but I still have some belief in it. And I think the Fablemans will have enough movement behind it that she still has a shot at a nomination. Yeah, she she went from my easy number one in supporting actress to my number seven in lead actress, which is I feel probably generous. <laughs> um, I just think I think lead actress is so strong this year. Um, I think there's ten to eleven, maybe twelve actresses that have a genuine shot of being in the top five. Um, and while I love Michelle Williams, and she is like unbelievable in the Fablemans, which I also did love very much. Um, there's a whole like third of the movie that she's just not in at all. And so it just really hurts. Um, in my opinion, it hurts her shot as being a lead. And I think it really hurts her shot in general as, you know, being not to spoil anything, but the end of the movie she is not in and so when people leave the movie they're not going to leave remembering her because she's not at least not as the lead um but where does everyone else have michelle williams and what do they think of this kind of switch adriano i have her i have her at eight Honestly, if it wasn't for Blonde being dog shit, I would have had her lower. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, there's just no logic behind this move at all. I think it was just completely boneheaded. And I'll, and people are like, oh, maybe Michelle Williams. I'm like, okay, well, then Michelle Williams is, is the idiot here. I don't know if Doug, like, whoever made the yeah. movie is stupid. Um, yeah, no, I think, I, again, yeah, like, like Anna said, Phelan is probably going to be this huge thing. So, like, it's possible still. I think people who still think she's winning need to just get that out of here that 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 ship has sailed she's william's gonna be overdue for a little bit longer um but i and there is logic to putting williams in the five no question but i've been saying it for a while i i think fablements is gonna peak early and i do think williams could be kind of like collateral damage to that to like mm-hmm. peaking early yeah so i don't i i don't I, think i can sorry go ahead no, I was just going to say, I don't think it's going to hurt the movie at all, but I think it will hurt um, her chances, but continue. Oh, I'm done, basically. Um, uh, does anyone else have anything to add about uh, about Michelle Williams? Um, but yeah, but the reason, one of the reasons I don't have her in my top five and She's definitely, in my opinion, not winning, uh, especially now that Danielle Debweiler has had enormous praise her way. Um, I can tell you in pulling up Rotten Tomatoes and looking at the top, you know, the first page, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Seven of the 10 reviews specifically point out Daniel Detweiler. Um, I I was very hesitant of this, especially after the first trailer, uh, but seeing all of the praise towards her. Oh, wait, no, eight. 
seeing all the praise towards her has been very eye-opening. Um, Jillian, do you have any thoughts about her kind of busting into the race like this? Yeah, I think it's something people have predicted for a while, but like no one had actually, I mean, there's a few of these movies that people haven't seen yet. Um, and now that we're first, now we're getting like the aftermath of these first reviews. Um, and I think within, it's a very emotional story. And I think, you know, like she's playing a mother and that is really a part for, I feel like in movies, like that's really where you shine as a woman, like not mm-hmm. in a bad way, but like also like putting that against Michelle Williams of them both playing like mothers in their son's lives. Like people could kind of, I don't know, um, compare the two um, and it could hurt either one of them. But I think just like overall reading about the um, reviews for Till and their most mostly centered, like you said, around Danielle and like what she's able to do on that screen. And also reading more about like what the director set out to do to tell the story and how the family was like heavily involved. And like, this is the only adaptation that they wanted for um, the story of Emmett Till, I think gives a lot of push for people to be more okay with watching it. I feel like there's probably a lot of hesitancy before with it, just like, is this going to be you know, like black trauma and more exploitation, um, you know, with like, it's such a tragic event. Um, but I think now people will just feel more at ease with what type of movie it is and what it's setting out to do. And I think that really helps with um, Danielle's performance. And that could really push a lot of more people to want to see it. And I think it also just depends on like where MGM wants to push with that um, movie. I think I know that from, from people that I used to work with there, like that is one that they're really pushing um, out of all the ones that they have coming out. But I definitely see her breaking in and like maintaining this wave that she currently has. Yeah, and it seems like so soon after everyone was saying the exact same things about Kate Blanchett, which um, moving on to Lex, you have you said you have Kate at, in your top three, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, what do you think of Tara's chances and how do you see, do you think Kate's just going to cruise to number three or do you think it's gotten especially harder after um, the inclusion of Danielle Detweiler coming in like right after everyone was like, all right, Kate's winning her third, like easily. I think Kate is all but sure to get a nomination. Um, again, I've not seen Tar. I'm really, really excited for it, but I've not seen it. Um, so it's hard to comment too much, but I think based on what I've read of the festival that it's played in and just kind of the early buzz um, about it, I think it's all but certain to get a Kate Blanchett nomination. I think it will fare well at the Oscars. I think I have it in my best picture list um, in my top 10. Um, I think, you know, we're still, we got a quarter of the year to go and we're going into the winter where I feel like a lot of movies try to make a big push, like, right. So they stay fresh in Oscar voters' minds. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to probably happen more than once in the coming months where it's going to look like someone is, you know, the front runner for a particular category. And then 
some other movie comes out and that's the new thing. Um, I definitely think that um, I think I have Danielle Deadweiler in my number 10 right now, but admittedly that's because I not heard a lot about till up until this past weekend. Um, I'll probably end up moving her up. So, I mean, I think it's going to, it's going to be a really tight race in this category. I think ultimately Deadweiler and Blanchett are both going to get a nomination, but I think it's too soon to call who's more likely to win. Yeah. And I think, I think especially just this year, it seems like best actress is getting deeper and deeper. We still haven't seen she said, so we don't know how Zoe and Carrie are in that movie. Um, we still haven't seen I Want to Dance with Somebody, so we don't know how Naomi Aki is in that. Um, you know, who knows if the planets align and Mia Goth is able to horror performance her way to something. Um, well, let's, not, let's just not even try and get her hopes so. <laughs> up. But I mean, I'm just Sorry. saying, look, I'm just saying if, you know, Pearl comes out if what if X starts to do more makeup marketing um, and tries to get that makeup nomination? She literally is the entire performance of X, and they're not going to nominate her for X anywhere, I wouldn't think. But you got to think, well, she was this great in Pearl and she's this great in X. Both movies came out in the exact same year and it's three roles in two movies. Um, I mean, who knows if she can get uh, the sag nomination or you know some other nomination um along the way some critics groups or something like that it's it's not impossible but it's not very possible at the same time but i mean to the extent we have performances like that that are almost completely off the radar and it just seems like especially with best actress um which i guess i can ask you but do you think, Adriano, that Best Actress is the deepest of all of the acting contenders this year? I, I think so. Supporting Actress is a little tough. Supporting Actor, supporting actor is a little deep. Uh, not as deep, though. An actor is literally to the point where we're like, I guess Tom Cruise is getting in. Um, no, see, I'm I telling you, Daniel is. Craig will get in before Tom Cruise. Sure, buddy. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the actress is the deepest because, like, I to me, I feel like there's three, Garrett, three where I don't see them missing. Um, I don't know where this hesitancy to Margot Robbie's coming from, if I'm being honest. Um, but I don't really, unless the movie's just dog shit, I don't really see her missing. I think Michelle Yeoh has gone way too far at this point to miss. Like, she's literally everywhere. And I don't see Kate Blanchett missing. I, I don't see the movie till Tuesday, so I. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna believe the hype on this one. So I think those three look pretty solid, and then after that, you got like Coleman, Aki, Deadweiler, uh, Williams, I guess, Davis, potentially a Darmus, and one of the she said ladies. It's yeah, actress is really deep this year. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, anyone else want to add about best actress this year? and their thoughts on it um i feel like in the past few years we've inched more towards best actress like not corresponding with like the best picture category as closely as best actor like last year i don't think any of the nominees were Mm -hmm. in a best picture so like i feel like this one has 
like you don't know what could happen with best actress and I think that trend has made it more interesting um to see like who can potentially get in like on my chart I literally have Taylor Russell for bones and all because I'm like why not like that could be a potential Mm -hmm. um but I kind of like the trend because it's like keeps you guessing. But I'm curious from everyone else if anyone has any like wild cards in their um, line. I have Taylor Russell and I'm like, maybe she could get in. I I mean, I have Mia Goth at 10 just because everyone is talking about that performance. Even Scorsese is talking about the movie and the performance. Um, and I still have Viola Davis in at eight. I don't know what the Woman King is going to do. The Woman King to me is such a wild card just in general because it's one of those movies that like could pick up a bunch of tech and costume noms and then pick up, have a best picture, go along with it and get Viola Davis an actress nomination. But it also could just like get costumes and that's it. Um, Other than that, I don't really have too much kind of out there. Does anyone else have like, just something sort of bizarre kind of out there no i have i have the same i have mia goth um at 10 as well because i just you know wishful thinking but that would just be something she deserves that so much um i have viola davis a little further down and um i actually have taylor russell in the teens on my list as well so nothing like insane but i do have hopes and dreams that will probably be squashed yeah yeah i do gotta ask am i the only one with naomi aki in my five yes i think you are the only one oh you do yeah oh Oh, yes yes you do yes you do i got you adriana don't worry thank god i'm not i listen i'm not underestimating anthony mccard like that guy love him or hate him he gets his actors nominated and also the director of Harriet. So. I, that's and a, that's also a pretty the writer of, I don't know if you said the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody or what, but I mean, I w- it was alluded, but um, he, he was also the writer of The Two Popes. There you go. It, it seems like one of those where the movie comes out and it's not good, but oh, she picks up the drama as actress nomination and then gets the drama actress win for no reason and then it just kind of moves its way i have her in as my nine right now um but yeah i that one's more sight unseen not going to fully dive into it until i have to um but yeah i mean even where we're looking at a year where someone playing whitney houston could miss out on a nomination um that gave me chills in the theater yesterday i was like oh my gosh so i feel like that might help but i don't it like seems i think after watching blonde and then like you see that trailer it didn't seem like they're like seems like they're just celebrating her so i'm like maybe yes. that's what's gonna play in for people but i was like okay i get it now after seeing the trailer in a theater it really helped and I think that's I think that's the better way to go for a nomination because you look at something like Rocket Man, which I mean was a celebration of Elton John's career, but it was more of a realistic look at um, his turmoils, what happened to him, everything like that. Um, versus something like Bohemian Rhapsody, which was 
in better or worse was a celebration of queen as a whole um and then you look at something like elvis which was a pure just celebration of elvis's career and the fact of i mean austin butler's probably top three for getting a nomination um and then something like blonde which was the complete opposite of a celebration it was a defamation of someone's career and hopefully she doesn't get in so we can stop talking about the movie forever but um when it comes to it it does seem like a celebration is something um oh judy a couple years ago i think yes um another one which was a complete just celebration of someone's career and um i think when people can like watch people that they loved and get that kind of buzz and get that kind of like oh like i remember this i remember like seeing this like this is how i feel about this i think it, that can lend itself a little better towards a nomination than what other you know performances maybe sometimes more realistic performances can do um but does anyone else have any final thoughts about best actress before we wrap it up all right um one question am i the only one who doesn't have dead wire yeah i think so i think now um yeah. which i get i this is awkward i get dead was like sight unseen until like literally yesterday so i can get how you have dead wilder you is your six loser Oh yeah, she's my. It's five cat. It's five slots. Loser. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, in your top ten, I don't think you're the only one who. I think there's. Uh, yeah, Kenzie has her at six. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think Lex has her at ten. So yeah. So I thought you meant. I'm, I'm gonna her move her up. I I got it while I was looking at my list. I was and I just fixed mine last week. And as I was looking at this, I was like, "Oh, Lex, honey, what are you doing? Yeah. So I, I got to move this around." Um, but yeah, I don't know. She's, I'm, I'm very interested. It seems like it was very overwhelmingly positive uh, towards her. I know it's still super early, but I'm interested to see uh, how that makes it out of the out of the race. Um, but other than that, that was our discussion on best actress and bros. Um, Lex, where can people find you online? Um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Alexis Willie with an I underscore. Um, please don't ever call me Alexis though. If you have ideas for what I could change my Twitter name to, please share them. Um, and then I am on Letterboxd and uh, TikTok at Moonshoes Lexi. Uh, Jillian, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jillian Chili and on TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. Um, Adriano, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Major. Russo, and you can check out my YouTube channel, which is coming back. I got a new computer finally. Just Adrian oh, amazing! So check that out, please, and thank you. Amazing. Um, and Anna, where can people find you? Y'all can 
can find me at it's a media on Twitter um, as well as Instagram. And I do have to say, um, Gone Girl's birthday. She's eight years old tomorrow, so um, I'm gonna be watching her tomorrow. Okay, and no one said her for the best rom coms, so I think Kenzie's gonna listen back to this and be very mad at us. We're coming up on the 13 year anniversary of Twilight New Moon, and I will be celebrating. And no one talked about it in best rom com. So what? What? what Twilight New Moon is my favorite rom com. Made mistakes there. Please don't count. Um, We didn't say that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TBA57, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, everywhere. Um, you can find the show online uh, on Twitter at Oscars underscore central. You can find us online, oscarscentral.com. Um, just to reiterate, we do have reviews. They are new to the site, but everyone go check them out. We have some pretty good ones up right now. Um, and... Until next time, that's the show.